Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. So I actually have some notes this morning. That's how serious this is. Oh, do you know what we should have done? We should have done traffic light drinks. Way to... Way to come up with an awesome idea too late, Jared. Did any, does anybody, does anybody remember, I don't know if it's still around, does anybody remember woodpeckers? Like back in the day, it was like over in Parklands, they had a bull pit, super hygienic. Like I read some horrifying stats the other day about the percentage of child urine that's on every plastic bull in one of those bull pits. It was... Now you're never getting in one of those things ever again. But they used to do traffic lights and they used to do Pink Panthers. Cobb and Co did traffic lights as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Cobb and Co. All you rich peoples went to Cobb and Co. We went to, we went to Woodpeckers. Um, is there a traffic light on the screen behind me? Okay. So... Uh, If you're a guest with us this morning and you came in a little bit late, I'm Josh, and you've picked a doozy of a Sunday to come and hang out because uh, this morning I'm outlining our response as a church to the um, traffic light system ahead of the government announcement tomorrow and uh, subsequent introduction this coming Friday. Uh, Five weeks ago, uh, our eldership team, our leadership team, our core staff got together after church one Sunday at uh, Dan and Amanda's house in Hallswell. And we had lunch and then what I would class as an extremely robust conversation around what we were going to do as a church. And so five weeks ago, we made an in-principle decision. It wasn't a decision that we needed to action, but it was an in-principle decision. We had unanimous agreement on it, eventually. (laughs) And and we kind of held that decision until such time as we needed to to bring it to the church. Now, you might be wondering, well, why did you do a survey? Well, I did the survey this week for a couple of reasons. Uh, Number one, I just really wanted to know where everybody was at. I wanted to know who was vaccinated, who wasn't vaccinated, how many unvaccinated people do we have? Nosy. Nosy. It was was nosy, right? But sometimes, if you want to lead well, you need good information. Also, I just really wanted to know. (laughs) Right, so I wanted to know where everybody was at. I wanted to give everyone a chance to give their feedback around what they thought we should be doing. Uh, I also wanted to open it up for any other ideas that people might have had. That's why there was a box in there like, you know, I've got a great idea. I thought maybe there's someone in the church that has an amazing idea that just wasn't in the room five weeks ago. And there was a lot of good ideas that came through. There was nothing that came through that uh, we hadn't kind of already thrown around. One of the most consistent responses, and we'll get to the survey responses soon, but one of the most consistent ones was, why don't we just meet outside? I've checked through the regulations and everything seems to indicate that whether you are inside or outside, the regulations are the same. Uh, Just to throw that out there. um, You never know though, the government changes their mind all the time. Daily, which is what makes it so awesome to to lead any kind of organisational business or church. It's just so much fun uh, in this season. So I wanted to know where you guys were at. I wanted to know if anyone had any great ideas. Uh, And I also wanted to just check to make sure that the decision that we as a team had made in principle was not significantly different from the overall heart of the church. I didn't think it would be. 
based on the conversations that I'd had, but I thought it was worth just double-checking, uh, and it's not. Uh, the decision that we made five weeks ago is very much in keeping with the majority of the church and the overall heart of the church, but what I want to do is I'm going to share uh, not every aspect of the survey, but just some of the highlights, because I think that we should all know where we're at as a church, and I think it would be helpful for you to know what everybody kind of in the church is Uh, is thinking. I want to apologize too for the fact that some of you may not have got to the survey in time. Uh, I think probably we had about 80% of the church respond. uh, And some of you that did respond may have felt a bit rushed. That wasn't my intention. We were working to an original timeline from the government of the middle of December. So actually this morning, I was intending to get Sean and Nikki up and have a chat with them about what they were doing. And uh, because they have lived and modeled over the last 12 months, an extraordinary life of obedience. And they're a great testimony of what it looks like to just lay everything down for God and say, well, what do you want me to do? And it would have been awesome for you to hear about all of that in this season of obedience that we're talking on. But then I had to say to them on Wednesday, look, guys, I actually need to address the COVID situation because the government's going to be changing everything this week. Uh, And they weren't that unhappy about not having to get up the front and talk to everybody. So it was not a hard conversation to have. So sorry if you felt rushed in the COVID planning survey process. Uh, My intention was to give you a good week, week and a half to get it done, but we had to move that forward. Um, What I am going to do is I'm going to ask, and this was suggested to me by a couple of the members of our team, um, is I'm just going to ask those that were in the room on that Sunday at Dan and Amanda's house that were part of the decision to come up and just sit on the edge of the stage just so you can see who was in the room, who was a part of that decision, and also so I don't feel like I'm the only one up here by myself. Is that cool? If we'd had more time, what I would have done, just come up now, guys, if you were in that room. You can move the speakers or whatever. Abel won't mind. Um, <laughs> What I would have done if I'd had more time is I would have actually given everyone an opportunity to maybe share a minute or two from their perspective around why we've done what we've done. But, sorry, Amanda, might not have thought this through. Um, but, again, given we were, we were so pushed on time, I didn't think it was fair to sort of say to people, hey, can you guys prepare something for Sunday? Uh, if you're wondering, if you think Dan looks even skinnier than normal, it's because yesterday he ran a 50... He's sitting next to Steve... <laughs> That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Do you want me to make you feel better, Steve? I'll just come see you. You go like this and then you... Like that. All right, no. Uh, if you think thinking Dan looks skinnier, it's because yesterday he ran 56 kilometres. It's pretty impressive. I was going to do it, but it was raining. I don't like to run in the rain. Um... If, if there's one thing that was consistent in all of the survey responses, it's that all of us, this became very obvious, I read through every single survey response, I read through every single answer to every single question, uh, which was at, at times quite an emotional process, if I'm being honest, because if there's one thing that every answer had, no matter which side of the spectrum you're on, and this morning, I'm not going to dance around the topic, I'm not going to use clever words to try and hide the fact of about what I'm actually talking about. If I was, I'm talking about vaccinated and unvaccinated. Like, we all understand that that's what we're talking about. Um, but no matter which side of the fence you're on, everybody responded the same way, and that was with what I would call a, a heightened level of emotion. There was a lot of anxiety that came through. There was some fear that came through. There was a, a lot of frustration. There was a lot of anger 
Uh, there was a lot of impatience. No matter what side of the debate you're on, everybody is feeling emotionally caught up in this. And so I, I want to say that I'm so sorry. It's not fear. I'm sorry you had to ask difficult questions. I'm sorry I had to ask them. Thank you, Rose. It's, it's not nice to ask yourself, what would I do if they made this decision or that decision? It's certainly not nice to read different responses. You know, it's, it's, it's not fear the season that we're in, what's being asked of us is just general members of the community, not just in here, but people that own businesses that, you know, are working out in the community. It's not fair what's being asked. I'll, I've always tried very hard from the front to, to take a moderate stance and to try and see both sides. And so if I make any statement, don't jump down my throat because there's a good chance that there's a balancing statement about to come out of my mouth. But let me say, I don't, I don't think it's fair that there are people that feel judged and marginalized by their friends and members of their community because of a health decision that they've made personally. I don't think it's fear. I don't think it's fear that there are sectors of society, nurses, doctors, teachers, that are being asked to make an extremely difficult choice that other members of society are not being asked to make. It's not fear. I don't think it's fear that there are people that feel unsafe or awkward in social settings around their friends and members of their community because of a decision that somebody else has made about their personal health. I don't think that's fair either. No one's coming out of this feeling great. And, and I'm, I'm carrying a level of anxiety around this morning only because I know that there's nothing that I can say that is going to please everybody. I have to make a crappy decision from a whole heap of crappy decisions. I've never sworn in church, but I did think about it this morning. I reckon I could probably get a pass for it this morning, right? <laughs> but um, certainly there were some, some swear words that came through the surveys. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. That was fun. Um, regardless of where you're at on the, on the spectrum... What I, what I really don't want to get into this morning is, is who's right and who's not right. And I've talked about this a little bit on social media and a little bit from the front, but I think it's really important that we treat each other with love, right? And so a great way to ask yourself is, am I acting in love? You know, there's a couple of Bible verses that I've, I've pulled out for this morning. Uh, first of all, we thank you, yeah, there you go, for filling out the survey. Look at what Jesus said in, in John 15, 13. He says, greater love has no man than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And in John 3.16, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So it was his love that motivated him to give. Biblical love, Christian love, looks like laying something down. It looks like sacrifice. It looks like giving of yourself. So when you're connecting with somebody and you're trying to work out, am I acting in love or am I not acting in love? It's very simple. You just ask yourself this question. Am I laying down my views Am I laying down my opinions? Am I laying down my thoughts in order to move this relationship forward and to move towards this person? Or am I asking them to lay down their views, lay down their thoughts, and lay down their opinions? 
Because if you are laying down your views and your thoughts and you're saying, hey, you can believe what you believe in and I don't feel the need to challenge you on it, I'm just gonna lay down my thoughts. That's, that's, that's biblical love, that's laying something down. If you're talking with someone and they say something you don't agree with and you go, well, actually, I need you to lay that, I need you to move towards me, I need you to put that down, I need you to change your mind, that's not love, that's pride. One is wrapped in grace and mercy and one is wrapped in ego and selfishness. And so it's a very simple test that I run past myself often when I have the opportunity to correct someone or to say, actually, I think you've got some bad information there. Is to just ask the question, is this a loving response or am I actually asking them to lay their stuff down? Because we would all agree, and I'll say this once and then I'll move on. If you're unvaccinated in the room this morning, you would know that there is some anxiety amongst vaccinated people around being around unvaccinated people. And you will have your view on that. And based on the conversations that I've had, the overarching view is that's not accurate. People that are vaccinated don't need to feel more unsafe around me. And that's your view based on the information that you've consumed and you're entitled to that view. But if you're vaccinated and you've got a different view, that is also okay. At the same right that you apply to choose what you believe with regards to the vaccine, you must give to the person next to you to choose what they believe about how safe that makes you. Doesn't mean you've got to agree with it. Unity is not uniformity. Community is not conformity. What we don't want in this room is 100 people that think the same thing about the same stuff all the time. What we need to show the world is how you do life and how you express love to people that you have diametrically opposed views to. We gather around the important stuff. Jesus is the center of it all. He died on a cross. He set us free from our sins. God created us for a purpose. We gather around that. Your personal view on a medical thing, that doesn't need to separate you from me. My view on it doesn't need to separate you from me. So, Two things that I want to be uh, very clear on right from the start. What's my next slide? Oh, screw tape letters. I just, Paul sent this to me just this morning. Who's heard of the screw tape letters? Screw tape letters is a book by C.S. Lewis consisting of 31 letters. Uh, it's fictional, but it's written from the perspective of a senior demon named Screw Tape to his nephew Wormwood, which is named after a star in the book of Revelation who is a younger and less experienced demon, and it's basically some uh, advice on how to move or guide this minor demon's uh, patient, which is a person, into hell. It's a pretty confronting book. But Paul just sent me this this morning. I thought it was interesting. So this is the senior demon writing a letter to his nephew demon about how to move his subject towards hell. He says this, Your main task will be the same. Let him begin by treating his cause as part of his religion. Then let him, under the influence of partisan spirit, come to regard it as the most important part of his religion. Then quietly and gradually nurse him onto the stage at which the religion becomes merely part of the cause, in which Christianity is valued chiefly because of the excellent arguments it can produce in favor of it. The attitude you must guard against is that in which temporal affairs are treated primarily as material for obedience. 
Once you have made the world an end and faith a means, you have almost won your man and it makes very little difference what kind of worldly end he is pursuing, provided that meetings, pamphlets, policies, movements, causes, and crusades matter more to him than prayers and sacraments and charity. He is ours. And the more religious on those terms, the more securely ours. I thought that was interesting. One more thing before we move on. This is a prophecy, just a part of a prophecy from a woman called Lynn Packer who is on the New Zealand Prophetic Council. She's legit. She's written a long prophecy and I've just taken one part of it. She says this, in this season, the political spirit is working closely with the religious spirit to bring division into the church, causing people to think that their beliefs are the only right ones and alienating those who see differently from them. This is God speaking. Some of my children are being seduced by the spirit and are letting it lead them instead of being led by my spirit and as a result are developing a crusading mindset that has led to sowing division. This can apply to both sides. I'm not singling out one side. I can see this applying to both sides. Beware that you do not become one of them. Do not automatically think that your anger at what is happening in the world is a righteous anger. Do not think that your dogmatic stand is necessarily a righteous stand. Examine it. Examine what is happening in your heart underneath the surface emotions. Are your responses to this time drawing you closer to me, causing you to seek me for wisdom and causing the fruits of Holy Spirit to be manifest in your life? Or are they causing you to take sides, think less of others and act and speak rashly? That is how the Spirit works. It polarizes and causes factions. Beware that you are not playing right into the enemy's hands and helping him, not me. Seek my face, seek my heart, listen to my wisdom and move in that. This is a time when you need my wisdom, seek it and I will give it to you. My desire is for you and the rest of my children to do so much good during this time. Releasing my kingdom's resources into the earth, bringing hope, healing, comfort, deliverance, salvation and to help individuals around you and society at large. Show people my love and power. Show them that I care. The resources of my kingdom are ready and waiting for you to access and use. But to do so, you need to see what's happening and work with me. It's a good challenge, right? Are the fruits of the Holy Spirit coming out of our lives? Or are we thinking less of the people around us, judging the people around us, getting frustrated with the people around us? All right, two things that I want to be really clear on from the start. I want this to go on the record. Number one, this is not a decision for today, or this is a decision for today, sorry, not tomorrow. This is super important because what we're doing this morning is announcing our response as a team to the traffic light system as we understand it today. But that might change. As it stands today, and a lot of people said this in their survey responses, they said, look, this is what I think for now, but I'm answering this with like no COVID in the city of 400,000 people. Right? If, if, if we get overrun, then I reserve the right to have a different opinion. And it would be foolish of us to stand up here and say, we're making a decision, we're drawing a line on the sand, and this is us forever, never changing my mind, never, right? as, as, as everything collapses around us. right? So what I'm saying is that the government is constantly shifting the goalposts, they're constantly changing the rules, they're constantly re-evaluating their regulations. No one knows from one day to the next what they're going to say. 
For up until like two days ago, if we were at level red, it was like 10 people maximum allowed together. And then like 48 hours ago, they said, oh, it's 25 now. Like, great, but why? Well, why is that? You know, they're always changing things. And so um, the decision that we've made as a team about how we're going to move forward is a decision for today. And I fully reserve the right to adjust, to adapt, or to even change the decision as the circumstances change or as God leads us to change. This is an evolving situation. You don't make a fixed statement to an evolving situation. So we're going to give you the decision for today. But tomorrow when the government makes this announcement, I might be like, hold up, guys. We could have just given yesterday a miss. Right? I don't know what the future holds, but God does, and I'm not going to hold God's plan for tomorrow ransom by refusing to move on to the decision we've made today. All right? We will evolve with the decision as we need to. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to make clear is that this is what feels right. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Speaking of things changing. <laughs> 2021 is almost over. Yippee! And the dog's called Omicron. <laughs> which is like, I don't know if you've heard about it, but that's like the next wave that's coming around, right? Man, I feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. It's just like, COVID, COVID, ah! And then COVID dies down, ah, oh, we're okay. Delta, ah! Omicron, ah! Far out. Um, someone sent me that this morning. Like, I've never in my life have I put so much content into a message like on the morning of doing it right so that's the first thing is that we're making a decision for today not for tomorrow because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow Uh, number two is that this is a decision for us not everyone else this is really important to me the decision that we're making here is right for us we believe but that does not mean it is what is right for every other church in John chapter 21 Jesus is talking to Peter about his responsibilities I've talked about this before and Peter has a bit of a panic attack and he says, looks at John and says, well, what about him? Like John's lurking in the background, he's eavesdropping. And you know he's eavesdropping because he's the one that's written all this stuff down. <laughs> and, and so Peter says, what about him? What's he going to do? And Jesus says to him, right, like if I want this guy to live forever, it's none of your business, right? And in verse 22, paraphrase, he basically says, look, don't worry about him. I've got my own thing going on with him. None of your business what he does. This is another disciple, another Christian. It's none of your business what he does. You must follow me. And so uh, different churches are taking different approaches in this season, and that's okay. Some of my best friends in this ministry, in this city, even in this movement, uh, are taking different approaches, and I support them 100%. 100% I support other churches taking different approaches. They're doing what they believe God has asked them to do. It's different to how we believe God's asking us to do things, and that's okay. Um, I want to really caution you against thinking that we own the corner on what is right. And I want to caution you against judging other churches or other Christian leaders based on how they choose to navigate their church through this season. Speaking to a pastor the other day who did a survey of his church, and in 350 people, they had six that were not vaccinated. 97.6% of their church is vaccinated. We're not 97.6% vaccinated, I'll tell you what. You'll see the numbers soon. But, you know, for him, that necessitated a different approach. Right? Don't judge other churches. Don't judge other Christian leaders. It's just gross. It's unbiblical. It's unspiritual. And it promotes division, which is the very thing that we are warring against. Okay? 
I will have so little tolerance for anyone using what I share this morning as an excuse to bash other churches for the way that they respond. You want to see me, you don't see me grumpy very often. You want to see me grumpy, have a go at another church and say, it's because Pastor Josh said this, I'll get flippin' grumpy. Yep, flip here. All right. So, those are the two rules for this announcement. It's a decision for today, not tomorrow. It's a decision for us, not everybody else. Here's a fascinating thing. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. This is a guy that I would trust with my life. He's, if you said to me, hey, list the people in your life that you most trust to hear from God, he'd be in the top two or three. He's not vaccinated. I said to him, why are you not vaccinated? He said, Josh, every time I go and talk to God about it, he says, I don't want you to do it. And he said, I hear him as clearly as I've ever heard God speak to me. And I have a number of friends that fall into that category. I respect them. I love them. I believe they hear from God. And they say, look, I talked to God and God said, I don't think it's the right thing for you to do. I have other friends that I respect, that I love, that I would trust with my life, that have prayed about it. And they've said, I've prayed about it. I feel like God said to go for it. And so I was talking to this mate of mine yesterday and I said, dude, the only way that we can make this work is either everyone that says that God said not to get it is wrong, thousands and thousands of people, or everyone that says God told them to get it is wrong, or he's telling some people to get it and telling other people not to. And he laughed, he said, that's the only explanation. Now, I don't know what God's playing at. All I know is that when you look to the person to your right or your left, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, there's a good chance that they're doing what God's told them to do. Same with churches. If God's telling individual Christians to do one thing and other Christians to do a different thing, then he could very well be doing it to churches as well. So we don't judge other people. All right, let's do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment now to put on our big boy and our big girl pants. All right, I'm going to unpack what we're doing. It's not going to take very long because I don't know what we're doing and why we're doing it. All right, but here's the key. We're going to respond like mature disciples of Jesus Christ. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to take things personally. We're going to recognize that we're all in an incredibly difficult situation and we are trying to do the best that we can. And honestly, if I could tell you the sleepless nights that I've had this week, the frustration that I've had, I have cried this week because I know, I know that no matter what I say, it's, some people will go, ah, oh, that's disappointing. I would have done things differently. Um, and all I can say is that I'm so aware of it. And I have not made this decision thinking, ah, well, those that don't agree, the hell with them, they'll be fine. I have not done that. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that in church. <laughs> what, what I have done is I've, I'm very aware, more aware of the people that uh, are going to disagree with this, of course. And so if you find yourself in that place, just please come and talk to me. Um, but this is really important. Do not make a long-term decision based on a short-term situation. This is temporary. This will pass. I've got no doubt that in five years' time, I'm just saying five years because it's long enough away, I'm not going to be standing up here saying, okay, how are we going to deal with Omnicrom version 7? Like it's, you know, it'll pass. Two years ago, this wasn't a thing. We didn't care about it. It'll pass. Don't make Big decisions based on short-term circumstances. Don't throw away long-term relationships and connections based on something that might only be around for another six months. You don't know. As we get closer to the next election, the government might go, you know what, this is political suicide, we're just going to leave it, just go for it, it's fine. Church is back to normal, you're all good. And you're left thinking, man, I walked away from that church, I walked away from all of my friends that I've known for decades, 
And six months later, I'm thinking, oh, that wasn't worth it. Don't make long-term decisions based on a short-term situation. I have no idea what even my next slide is. Oh, look. Hey. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, well done, Josh. All right. So what's happening? Um, here's the thing. When we got together five weeks ago, um, and we let everybody kind of throw their stuff into the middle, um, it became abundantly clear very quickly that all of us, to varying degrees from extremely to a little bit, but all of us were on this side of the spectrum. And that is that, and I'll speak for myself first, I cannot wrap my head around the idea of segregating people out based on a vaccination status. I can't, I just could not wrap my head around it. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just, I just, I couldn't do it. And when I read through the Bible, I thought, you know what? I can't find a mandate for us in this church to respond this way. So moving forward, and I don't know what the practicalities of that are, because believe me, the practicalities are many. But moving forward, we will not be holding vaccine certificate services. We will hold open services that anybody can come to, but we will do it within the public health guidelines. Thanks for coming. Good Sunday. <laughs> no. All right, that's, that's the plan. All right. Um, I appreciate the applause, but I'm extremely aware that there are people that are watching online that are not here because they don't feel comfortable in that space. And so if you're watching online or if you're here this morning, there is still a place for you here. And I'm so sorry if that means that you feel uncomfortable or awkward. It sucks. But there is still a place for you here. You know, God is a creative God. We will work out a way to get through this. And I'm sure those of you that have chosen to not receive a vaccine that are aware that that has created anxiety in your fellow brothers and sisters, whether you agree with the reasons behind it or not, does not matter. It's there. I'm sure that as we move forward and we have further conversations that there will be people saying, hey, what can I do to make you feel more comfortable? Would wearing a mask make you feel more comfortable? Personally, they might say, I don't think it makes a difference, but if it makes a difference for you, I will lay down my views and opinions to move towards you. Right, the government's talking about releasing rapid antigen testing to general pharmacies on the 15th of December, which means we can have people showing up with a negative COVID test. In actuality, if someone shows up with a negative COVID test, they're safer than someone that's vaccinated because we know that if you're vaccinated, you can still catch the vaccine. People have different opinions on what that rate might be, but we know that it's not 100%. So this is me speaking personally, not for the team, but me speaking personally, I would feel totally comfortable around someone showing up with a negative COVID test within the last 48 to 72 hours. I'd say, come into church. You, you don't have COVID. Like, you've proven you don't have COVID. You're, you're fine. That's just me personally. But these are some of the things that we need to, uh, to talk about. But moving forward, we're not going to have vaccinated and unvaccinated services or gatherings. We're just going to go open. And if for a season... Uh, that means that people decide to stay home, then we will look to make your home experience as engaging and positive as possible. It could be that we can have you know, groups of 15 to 20 people meeting in home. 
uh, if that's the way that you want to do things. We can have up to 50 people meeting at home. In fact, a lot of the larger churches, Arise, Grace, Life, they have all announced that they are going to online services only for the rest of the year uh, while they work out how to handle the situation. Um, Anyway, let's have a look at some of the survey responses. But before we do, I want to show you a couple of Bible verses. Oh, that was the Joshua one that I went to this morning. Forget that one. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Sounds like Paul's in one at the moment. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Look at these words, discord, dissensions, factions. You look up these words in the original text and they mean division or segregation it's insane to me that discord is jammed in between witchcraft and orgies. <laughs> They're bad, by the way, both those things. But it's in the same list. The Bible takes, you cannot believe when you look into it, the view that the Bible takes on disunity and discord and dissensions is right up there, right? Right? Discord, not, oh, I almost said something really naughty, don't worry. <laughs> it had to do with orgies, don't worry. <laughs> Next verse, thank you, Amanda. You, should, you just tapped me on the leg. <laughs> like All right, Colossians chapter three, verses three to four. This is the Passion Translation, Paul writing. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourselves up in groups, a Paul group and an Apollos group, you're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Just highlight a couple of these sentences. Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? This is just general advice for how we move forward from this point. When you divide yourselves up in groups, we're not dealing with Paul and Apollos, we're dealing with vaccinated and unvaccinated and all that stuff. You're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. And I love the middle bit. It says, if you are acting like this, then you are proving that you're centered on yourselves, you're dominated by the mindset of the flesh, and you're behaving like unbelievers. Paul characterizes behaving like unbelievers as a very bad thing. I've said it before from the front, but there are... Oh, just stay off social media. That's just a good advice. Because you don't on social media, you just see a whole bunch of Christians behaving like unbelievers. It's depressing. All right, we're going to wrap up with some survey results just so you guys can see where you are at. Um, and this, these results may generate a response in you. It may raise some concern because you might say, well, that number's a lot higher than I thought or that number's a lot lower than I thought. Again, if you have any concerns or you have any response to this, everyone that filled out the survey did it because they got the email from me with the link on it. So you've all got my email address. You can all contact me. A repsons. Well spotted, Gene. That's, that's a good example of needing to correct and not laying down your correction. <laughs> In the original Greek, repsons means, <laughs> it means shut up. 
No. We're all good, Gene. You and me have Yeah. <laughs> this, that sounds familiar. This woman that you gave me, <laughs> she handed me the apple and I ate it. We having coffee this week? You and me? All right. We need to now. All right. Okay, so COVID survey repsons. Vaccination rates. Want to have some fun? Okay, I'm going to list up everybody's name that's not known. Uh, everyone laughs, and then there's a small bit they're like, is he All right. Okay, partially vaxxed people. That means they've had one shot of the Pfizer vaccine, which is currently the only vaccine available. Whoa, 7%. Good job, team. Or bad job, depending on your view. I don't care. Uh, unvaxxed, 32%. Based on the 80% of surveys that came back, 32% have received no vaccination shot. Now, in this 32%, I have jumbled together everyone that has said, I haven't got it yet, but I'm planning to. I haven't got it yet because I'm waiting on another vaccine, and when that is available, I will take that one. And the third option, which is I'm not taking no vaccine, never, you can tell the government to shove it. They're all in there. But the bottom line is that 32% of the people that call Activate Christchurch Home that responded to the survey have not received any vaccination, which means that we are 61% in this church fully vaxxed. Now, you can see that when we caught up five weeks ago and we said to God, what do you want to do? He may have been aware of this situation because 30 or 61% fully vaxxed is not 97.6%, which is what other churches are dealing with. Um, next slide. If you guys feel like you want these slides, then I can get them to you. What should we do? This is one of the questions that we ask. What should we do? Run a single vaccinated-only gathering. So exclude unvaccinated people, um, 1%. Um, which I had to round up. <laughs> Refuse to follow public health guidelines. Let's flip the middle finger to the government. Mm, not really. 3%. I've got a better idea. 6%. But you didn't when I checked them. <laughs> yeah. Run separate vaxxed and unvaxxed gatherings, which is, let's be honest, what uh, a lot of churches are doing. What's the appetite for that like? 19%. And an all-inclusive approach came back like that. Wow. Okay. Now, again, you clap, but when you look at that, you go, well, 19% of people have said they'd rather have vaccinated and unvaccinated gatherings. It's almost one in five. And so that means if you are one of those one in five, you're, you're not clapping the same as everybody else. And again, we will work through this because we have a responsibility. It's this balancing act, right, between making, giving everyone an opportunity to come together and worship, which I feel like we should do, but also recognizing that people have the right to feel safe. And if the only way that I can make someone feel safe is to trample over what they believe and force them to believe what somebody else believes, that's not love. So if you fall into the 71% where you've gone, hey, I want to go down this approach, or if you fall into the 32% that aren't vaccinated, it is your responsibility to be asking God, how do I move towards these people in love? And it can't be, I'll just send them stuff so that they end up believing what I believe, or I'll sit them down and beat them over the head until they go, okay, you're right and I'm wrong, because that's not love. These are, there's, there's some conversations that need to happen in this church between all of us. Next one, 
If we have to pick one or the other, there was some, it's almost irrelevant now because the government since come out and clarified this is not the case, but there was some idea initially that they may say that we had to be site specific, which was that you couldn't host a vaccinated service and an unvaccinated service on the same premises. You just had to register as one or the other. And so the question was, if we had to register as one or the other, what would you like us to do? Uh, and again, vaccinated only gathering, 3%. Vaccinated on-site and unvaxxed off-site. So we'd say, okay, we'll get everyone that's vaccinated here and then we'll live stream to another site like, you know, Brenton, Wendy's house just around the corner and all the unvaxxed people can go there or somebody else. Doesn't matter, just whoever's close. 17% uh, said, yep, that could work. And then open gatherings, 80%. So not unanimous, but still, this is where the church is leaning, Okay. If we ran open gatherings, so this is what we have announced this morning we are going to do. If we said, we said, if we're going to do this, how would you respond? 4% uh, said they would stay home and view online. So this is the reality of what we're now facing because of what we've announced this morning. 6% said they would do something else, although when you looked at the 6%, it was pretty much like, oh, I'd, I'd probably just view online. Nothing, nothing major there. 12% said they would come to church, but it would make them uncomfortable. And 78% said, I'm happily coming to church if you just run open gatherings. Which means that overall, if you combine all of the other options, 22% said they would not come to church and 78% said they would. Again, that 22% is, if you want to bring everyone on a journey, that 22% is high. So again, the 78%, the question is, how are you going to move towards those people? If you're in the 22%, can you help the 78% understand why you feel uncomfortable? What would be helpful? Uh, because I would love to see 100% of people here. People want to view online, that's fine, but I don't want anyone viewing online going, I would rather be there, but I don't feel comfortable being there. That's it's not a win for us. This is interesting. If we ran closed gatherings, so if I had got up this morning and said we're going to do a vaccinated service at 9 o'clock and then an unvaccinated service at 11 o'clock, and if you're not vaccinated, you can't come to the 9 o'clock service. What would you do? Uh, view online, 16% said, well, I would stay home and view online. Other, 25%. Now, unlike the last slide, which was just made up of, like, I would probably just view online, the majority of this response was, I'm leaving. That was uh, hard for me to read. And so again, I would just say, don't make a long-term decision based on a short-term situation. Don't walk out of a church because of one message on one Sunday. Happily attend, 29%, and uncomfortably attend, 30% if we ran closed gatherings. So if you flick it around, if we ran, uh, they should say closed gatherings up the top, but 71% would not be comfortable if we ran vax and unvax services, and 29% said they'd happily attend. Okay, so... Those are the main, the main hits from the slides. The vast majority of the church, not all, but the vast majority of the church that came back, that feedback via the response was, we are uncomfortable with segregating unvaccinated people out. But the other big takeaway is that if you are unvaccinated, there is a significant percentage of the church that feels uncomfortable based on the research that they have done, the information that they have consumed uh, around unvaccinated people. And they are entitled to view what information they've viewed and to make their own decisions. And they've done that just as everyone is entitled to make their own decisions. And so the question again is, what can you do to move towards them in love? 
Not trying to change their mind, not trying to convince them that you're right and they're wrong, but just to move towards them. Uh, And practically, what are we doing next Sunday? Well, see, here's the issue. If we go with this open option, I'm fully expecting that tomorrow morning, the government will, or tomorrow afternoon, the government will announce that Christchurch is going to orange, right? They're basing their traffic lights on the vaccination rates of each region. We're pretty high within the Canterbury region. They've said no one is going to green. So green's off the table. I think red's off the table for us. I'd be surprised if we go to red. I think we're going to go to orange. Orange means that we're capped at 50 people per service. Uh, I'm still trying to clarify whether that includes children because technically children under the age of 12 you know, can't be vaccinated anyway. So my kind of view is like, well, it shouldn't include kids, but I think it probably will. doesn't matter whether we're inside or outside. So here's the practical considerations. If next Sunday we were to say, okay, we're going to hold two, two services, one at 9 o'clock, one at 11 o'clock. You've got to register. Practically, it makes sense to get all the kids at one service, so then the kids' workers can just knock out one and then be in for the next one. We can have up to 30 kids here on a Sunday morning. So by the time we go, we've got 30 children here, plus four kids' workers, that's 34 people, plus we had six people up on stage, that's 40 people, plus two people down the back, it's 42, plus me up the front, and whoever's service leading, that's 44. We've got enough room for six people. And we, it's all right for the first two songs, but then when 40 people walk out of the room, the poor band's up there going, great. <laughs> Not so awesome, right? It doesn't also make for a great online viewing experience either. Second service, all the kids leave, and then we go, you know, so practically it's difficult. In fact, even just this morning, like Liz and the kids uh, have been working on a play for our Christmas service. And she just said, I can't, I just can't work out how to do this. And I said, what do you want to do? She said, I think we just got to, she said, what I would love to do is just scrap it and then have the next three Sundays with the kids just having fun, making Christmas cards, making Christmas decorations. I said, right, scrap it. She scrapped it at 9.45 this morning after, you know, even Jared's, you know, done work on it. They were trying to, we talked about, can we video it and play the video in church and all that kind of stuff? Tricky. So I don't know what this is going to look like moving forward. I don't know how we're going to do it. We have a lot of restrictions around this site, but there's two things that I, want, I need from you guys. All right, first of all, um, we are going to need more people to help. If we're going to go to double services, it's twice as much work. I've got to preach twice. I can't think of anything worse than having to do this exact same message again for the next lot. Worship team's got to play twice. People on coffees and stuff. So let me issue a challenge to you. If you are someone that ticked the box and said, I want to go to all-inclusive or open gatherings, the ramifications of that choice is that we can't fit everybody in in one service. We're going to have to do more than one, or we're going to have to get creative about where we do it. Maybe we get 50 people here, and then we put that online, and we have like two other spaces with 25. I mean, I don't know. All I know is that if you have said, this is what I want, you need to help carry the weight. I think that's fair. So if you're in this place and you go, okay, I tick that box, then I expect, I expect you to be contacting me to saying, how can I help? We're all in this together. Okay? Um, and I know what you said, because I read through everybody's surveys. Uh, Julie, you got a, you right? No. Uh, yes, it does. And that's the, other, that's the other shift too. At the moment, at level two, we're up to 100 people plus staff. So we're gonna have up to 120 people here. But the, all the communications up to this point is at the 50. And then at level green or green light, we go back to 100, but it's 100 including staff. So it's more like 80. So even at green, we would struggle to fit everybody in. 
okay? So that's the first thing. I ex- we, need, we need everyone to chip in. And then the second thing is that small groups. There's, there's every chance that this is going to be the way forward because we can't fit everybody in. And even if we could fit everybody in at a pinch, there's no room for anyone else to join us. There's no room for anyone else to come in and be a part of our family. So we need to find a way that people can walk in off the street, they can come in needing to meet Jesus, and we don't have to say to them, sorry, we're already at 100, you've got to go find somewhere else. I'm not doing that. And so a lot of us are going to have to lay down this idea that Sunday morning church in a building is like the best way to do things. We've got to get creative. Is that cool? All right. What is the time? I don't have a clock in here. Sheesh. Quarter to 12. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for laughing at my jokes so it wasn't too heavy. If you've got any questions, come and see me. Flick me an email. Um, If you have any questions and you're watching online, same rule applies. Be kind to one another. Love each other. I've said it a hundred times, but this is an opportunity for us to show the world what it looks like to live in unity. Unity is not uniformity. Like I said, community is not conformity. Can I pray for you? And then we'll let you go. And you'll need to watch your emails because like I say, I don't know what is happening next Sunday or where it's at. Rest assured, no matter what we do, I want you to know I'm carrying the burden of every one of you. There is no one that I am not thinking about. And what's fascinating in this church is that we have multiple couples where one partner is vaccinated and their spouse is not, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> There's fun conversations being had, even, even up here without giving names. Even in our eldership team, our leadership team, there are some people that are vaccinated, some people that are not. I'm so relaxed about it. It's not even funny. Other people stress me out, but I'm relaxed about it. (laughs) Okay? Let me pray for you. (sighs) God, we need you more now than we've possibly ever needed you before. We need your wisdom. Lord, we need your spirit. God, we need your eyes to see people the way that you see them. Lord, we need your heart. We need the mind of Christ. God, for those of us that have cried out for you to show yourself, we need you to show yourself. Lord, we need you to move in your church and in your churches. Lord, I thank you that you gave that word. You said, lift up your eyes for the field is ripe for harvest. Lord, and that is true now. You have a plan and a purpose for this church. You've brought every single person into this place that is here today and watching online. God, I thank you for each of them. I thank you, Father, for the privilege that it is to lead. God, we love you. We want to do what you want. Lord, give us the grace to move forward together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Awesome.